uh, and I don't know. I, I used to to love getting scared when I was young, and my mom and dad like played uh, some uh, some uh, some games in the dark in the, in the house. Like they were closing all the lights and like set their bedrooms, and I had to we had to leave that bedroom and like go in the house just for fun. And they were crawling in some corner and then barking at, at, at us. And you know, for me, it was like fun and scary. Always. Oh, fits so since then like uh, our movies uh, I, I i'm watching pretty much everything October is among us, everyone, and as I have promised, I've been trying to line up a bunch of really cool interviews, features, stories, reviews, anything I think of about horror as we celebrate uh, one of my favorite months of the year, and I could think of no better way to really kick this off than talking to the developers of Outlast, which was kind of the game that kicked off horror starting in September alongside Amnesia a Machine for Pigs. And so I had a chance to jump on Skype with uh, David Chetineau, uh, who is the uh, creative director and co-producer on Outlast. Uh, warning, heads up, we do talk about uh, some spoilers in the game, but they're really not that big of a deal if you haven't uh, played the game yet. But I just wanted to give a warning uh, in case anyone uh, was thinking of playing the game sometime soon or was near the end. But we jump all over the place talking about his influences, uh, about horror, how Outlast was made, a whole bunch of topics. And I'm just going to shut up and, and send it over to David. Uh, and hopefully you guys enjoy this and the rest of the things planned for October. Uh, well, I appreciate you uh, uh, getting in touch with me, uh, David. I appreciate you uh, taking a couple minutes to, to chat with me about, about Outlast. Uh, yeah, no problem. It's always a pleasure. Like, uh, talking about that, that little baby of us, uh, of ours, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty intense. And so I'm always like pretty proud of it what we're doing so like talking about it's always with passion how are how are you feeling a, a couple of weeks out where you've actually you know had a chance to kind of see people playing it in you know kind of its natural environment of at night and scaring themselves ha, well so far it's pretty good like uh, we're, we're receiving a bunch of uh email from uh the fans actually like uh yeah, people are really calling uh, themselves fans because like they really uh they really enjoyed the title the the, the game uh, so far, people are, are they, they are playing, and what we receive is uh, the game is so great. It's the best game ever. Uh, like, maybe probably there are some guys that are not used to play a lot, but it's definitely like people are like uh, saying, "Oh, it's I, I never been so scared since the the first like Silent Hill," and so like always good comments and like it's there are people trying to uh, reach me using. Uh, using Facebook and Twitter is like trying to uh, talk more with me and have some hint of what's going to be next. So people are really, really uh, happy about it. Like if it'll, even the sales are pretty good. Uh, but now for sure, like the uh, the big um, uh, GTA is like uh, completely uh, controlling the, the sales for, for now. But then uh, so far, it's pretty good. So when you guys, you know, split off to, to form Red Barrels, was the was the intention always to create a horror game, or did you guys arrive at that after exploring some other ideas? Uh, we we 
brainstorm, uh, let's say, I don't know, like maybe a week or two about what we could do. But uh, I think it was after playing a little bit of Amnesia on my side. I was, uh, well, it's kind of it's kind of at the same time where we knew what we, we had an idea of what we wanted to do. Because uh, back at Ubisoft, because uh, Phil and I were, were working at Ubisoft uh, for 10 years, and we were asking them if we could uh, do an horror game uh, on the Wii. And uh, they said, like, you know, for, for a big studio like us, it doesn't really, it's not a big strategy because it's going to cost a lot and doesn't, uh, people are not going to really buy that because most people like, like uh, action games. So that's why, like, other. Dead Space and uh, Resident Evil are becoming action. So we're like, okay, well, let's forget about it. And so uh, time passes. Uh, Philip went on uh, Uncharted uh, at Naughty Dog, and I was doing a Splinter Cell Conviction. So I knew at the time, like, there was something happening where I knew how to do, like, stealthy game, AAA. Phil had some experience with camera and uh and um like level design as well uh Hugo was the the uh the uh artistic director on the first like splinter cell and knew how to do like pretty big uh big uh triple game so we're like oh let's 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 do that like uh, i'm the horror freak and or uh and philip was uh willing to do it and at the same time uh, Hugo was like oh yeah I need to do it. Like uh, it's, it's we we just got uh, one uh, one life to live, uh, so he wanted. He was really willing and really proud of, of trying that. So, for sure, we had different ideas. Like uh, Philip was uh, some open for some uh, uh, not country but a western type of game. Uh, me, I was always mostly about. It was always uh, about ours. And Hugo wasn't sure, so we were kind of pitching a bunch of ideas, but it's mostly after we Amnesia slash uh, Robert Johnny. It's a small movie, small uh, uh, from uh, Chris Cunningham. Uh, we saw that and it was like, uh, there was that weird feeling and it was in Night Vision. So Night Vision, uh, Monsters, games blah 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 so all that came up together so but there was no big really big uh, idea before that so it was like okay let's do that and we don't have any uh, time to spend on trying to brainstorm because we had no money at the time so that's pretty much it so so it was partially out of this desire that you guys had wanted to make a horror game in the past and then also realizing you know, as a small studio with not a lot of money, you kind of had to scope it appropriately. And a horror game, you know, is sort of guided. There's not a lot of AI involved. Uh, so it, it seemed like it actually matched up with, you know, sort of the first game from a studio as well. Definitely, yeah. Because we, we, we had to uh, focus on our strength. Uh, we couldn't uh, achieve, like, any uh, big open world game. And, uh, so... We were we were saying we're discussing about uh, like what we were good at and let's just focus on that. Uh, so because Hugo was the uh, artistic director on the first uh, Splinter Cell, he knew how to do all the the lighting, the 
like the light and shadows and so he knew that he knew pretty well the uh, unreal 3 engine which we used uh, on my side I, I knew how to create our stories and and level design so with all like with by just defining uh, in detail what we're good at and really focus on that uh, that was the only uh, only way we could uh, manage it uh, manage to, to do the game because we were just two programmer uh, two artists now we're three that two designer like and and even with the sound we had no we had no uh, contact at the time and now like we were dealing with game on audio so everybody was really focusing on what they they they, they knew uh but for sure like there's no way we could uh have like a multiple ai and system and and like a living breathing living and breathing will so Oslim corridors good for uh, unreal light and shadow we knew how to do it uh and like scary uh scary event uh, i i played pretty much all the horror game before so all the intense uh, section and, and situation with enemies and or scare jumps like i i knew what to do uh so we had to just to go as fast as possible to make it that so it's worth for the shot it's worth the shot so, so when you're you know developing a horror game like this and, and outlast uh certainly um over and over you know definitely relies on kind of the jump scare uh tactic and and trying and definitely surprising you and then you're you're running away from the enemies you know when you're developing that you know you're going to pretty quickly know where all the jumps are so you can't scare yourself over and over again so how did you guys kind of play test the game to make sure that it was still effective even though as you continued to make it you know the scares weren't going to work on you anymore yeah, I, I seriously, that was the, one of the biggest challenge, because uh, like you said, um, we knew pretty much every time what would happen. Uh, what uh, we managed to play test the game uh, a little bit with uh, uh, it's called Enzim. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a it's a play testing and and debug company. Uh, I think it's. They have a they have a, a tester that like does the game, uh, so we asked them to give us feedback about it. But we uh, mostly grab some uh, friends here and there to make sure that the tension is good, uh, and we had multiple of those sessions. Uh, so and we we just broke all those uh, moments in one hour. So just to see okay, first hour is it good? Second hour, and we we, we just went uh, building by building like. So the first uh, playtest we did with uh, some friends was in the administration block, and everybody said like, "Oh yeah," because actually uh, we we did some uh, quite big changes. Because uh, at first we wanted to just have a um, that was some, uh, the, the game was more smoother. Like they, there was not much uh, action and thing happening at the start of the game. Uh, we we had to. To modify the layout and because like yeah I, you probably played the game oh yeah so, no yeah I, yeah I finished it okay so uh, at the beginning of the game what we did is what the all the admin administration block like from the beginning at the beginning and at the end in the in the church that was the beginning of the game and there was so it was so slow there was no sense of uh, of threat so we had to break it in two parts so. And we decided, okay, let's just 
at the first that, let's cut the, the administration block in half and see what's gonna happen. And we that's why that's where we, we brought the Chris Walker that throws you out of the window and at that to get out and then the part where uh, the priest graduate threw you to, to, in a prison wasn't there so we had to we had to change pretty much uh, uh, everything because because of the feedback of our of the, of the players and then from the the, the pacing um, I would say uh, it's a, it's about feeling as well uh, I played a bunch of games and I was like I know that every X minute uh, something could happen even okay, it could be a scare jump but sometimes just a sound or just a shadow or enemies and then for sure we we had to uh, rely on our friends to uh, give us feedback on that you know you you, me- you mentioned that uh, you know amnesia was a big impact and that you know that's i've, I've played through you know the previous amnesia game and and the new one that that just came yes. out right around the time as, as you guys and it's it's been pretty interesting to watch the profound impact that has had on on horror games that have come since. I you know it, when you play Amnesia, it's it seems like such a revelation that you don't have a gun or a knife or anything like that. But then it also seems so obvious that that would be a way of creating <laughs> tension in a horror game. But it's just someone needed to actually do it. Um, I so know. Did you guys ever have any consideration for having a gun, or was it after you had played Amnesia, it was, you know, th- this is what we have to do as well? Well, no, what happened is that uh, it was, a, like you said, it was a revolution. Uh, we uh, we wanted to have a gun at some point in the game, not for, not as a, a gun that you, you can have throughout the whole game, but during some section like just uh, for five minutes or ten minutes, because uh, by playing Amnesia, we realized that oh, man, that's that guy. I would like to kill him, and there was no <laughs> way. We could, there was no way we could do it. So we thought that ah, we, we should give a gun to the player uh, in Outlast at some point. And then uh, at PAX East, uh, like we let. A lot of player plays the game, like, and it was a huge lineup, and everybody was like, "Oh, that's great, that's great." Uh, do you guys have a gun in that? We said, "No, no, perfect, perfect, that's good." So we said, "Okay, but maybe you should forget about putting a gun inside." Uh, and yeah, people loved it, and I, maybe probably also in, in terms of production issue, it was we didn't have. We didn't have it in the game at that time, so aiming, you know, all the uh, impact for every enemies, and then uh, making sure that there's uh, enough bullet and reload, and uh, that was something uh, maybe too big at the same time. So it was like there was too many reasons for uh, not putting a, ga- a gun in the game, but we definitely thought about it, and we're still thinking about that for maybe future title. You know, because you guys don't have guns and you don't have to balance ammunition, uh, you know, there are, there are fewer things you have to account for. You know, there's not really a health system, but you do have batteries that the player has to sort of balance throughout the, 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 the duration of the game. So how did you guys work that part out? Because I imagine how players use the camera and don't use the camera was probably pretty different from player to player. And yet you had to balance the amount of batteries that were scattered throughout the entire game uh, uh. In, in a way that worked out for everyone. Yes, I, that was uh, such a pain in the ass. I just like sometimes I was like uh, almost uh, having nightmares about that, like freaking batteries, how much 
much should I put and how much not. Uh, I mean, like we're we're gonna release a patch uh, for the game. I think it's I think it's not out yet, but we are having a hard mode and a nightmare mode that reduced the amount of batteries because there was some player complaining about it, and and we know it. And and at some point there were some people uh, in the studio that played the game, and they were they were saying. Uh, there's not enough batteries. I was like, man, not enough batteries. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna put a little bit, so, like some more. But then there's also that, like, you, you want you want the player not to, uh, you want him to to play and make sure that he has enough battery. But you want also to make sure that at some point he doesn't have any battery, so we can feel what it is. And there was seriously, there was no recipe for that. There was no. We couldn't make sure because you could like find batteries and not using them for a long time because there's there's still that uh, like a night vision and backup uh, except with the, the, the like the, the extra night vision uh, and by doing some play tests again and asking some friends uh, we came up with something that like fits because we there was not there's not much thing you can find in the game that uh, um, uh, push the exploration so we had to make sure that some like we could we put as much as battery as uh, as we could without making sure that player find it like too easy uh, so I think well I think with the patch we <laughs> most players are gonna like it. Because uh, you can still play like normal with enough batteries and, and go in at hard and nightmare and almost have nothing. Like, so it's, 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 it just we didn't have the time to implement all those uh, patch for the uh, for something for it. All, well, the, I, all those modes. I mean, right. I think I think that's interesting because I know the way that I always play. You know, I played Amnesia this way, I played Outlast this way, I played I play any survival horror game, even ones that have guns this way. I just naturally tend to hoard everything, thinking that I'm going to run into a moment where I need all True. of this stuff, and then by the end of the game, and this happened in Outlast too, but it happens in every survival horror game just because it's the way I play. If I'm playing on the normal mode, uh, I end up with way too much stuff, and all of a sudden I've got True. a thousand med kits and a million bullets, and in Outlast <laughs> case... You know, I would just I would run into like two or three batteries and be like, I don't even know how I could have used them by now. And it's only because, you know, I just have a tendency to not use that stuff at all. Uh, and then, um, you know, unless the game forces me, you know, and which is made, which is what made the, the the section in the game where they where you take away the camera uh, really powerful because true. Um, as a player, I was hoarding the batteries and never never having to really concern myself with uh, not having enough. But the only way that the game could make me feel that uh, was when you actually take away the camera entirely. Yeah, that. Uh, well, we had a guy in the team that said, I, we, you know what, we should have a section where we let the player have a camera, but we just get rid of all the, the, the batteries. I was like, yeah, yes, it's true, but we have a moment where we're going to get rid of the camera. The camera. Oh, well, yeah, but it, because if it's the story, it's not going to have the same impact. But it's like... There are different fight between like uh, th those ideas, but f seriously, uh, that was for us. That was really important to make sure that okay, you know, you have the camera for for from the beginning. You're playing for a long time. Now let's just get rid of what you, you like the most, uh, which is in that case like, the camera. And people are really really love that. Like and especially after that, like you see cracks and like, 
uh, electrical like things that the screens. Uh, but like uh, I know what you mean uh, at the same time about like trying to not you like, not using uh, your, your your tools. I'm I'm the same kind of player as well. And because we have like different uh, culture in video games, uh, me on my side I'm more uh, hardcore. Uh, and there was the other designer. He's more he's mostly casual and he doesn't like really play those games the way uh, normal player. Uh, enjoy horror games like like in the some of the um, Resident Evil and the first the first Resident Evil it was so well uh, made so there was always like the the ammo at the right moment that you needed uh, them uh, but for our class we we had to be a little bit more casual so making sure that every uh, like I don't know every person that are not used to the to play those games and and just explore the they kind of have their fun as well because uh, um, otherwise it would have been become too hard maybe too hardcore less accessible so that was that was maybe a direction why we we, uh, we put as many batteries but like that's why now hard and uh, and uh, nightmares mostly for uh, for core gamers well I think it's interesting the, the way you talk about trying to balance the game for you know, the more hardcore players and, and the casual crowd. Because I think, you know, as we've seen the rise of, you know, these Let's Play uh, people on YouTube and, and the rise of, of streamers, uh, I think you are starting to see this crowd of people that really want to engage with horror games, but it's it's too scary for them to actually play the game themselves. And so, yeah. you know, I've, I've had people, I, I've streamed, um, you know, a chunk of Outlast on, on Giant Bomb, and I had people reach out and tell me, you know, they were too scared to play the game, but they went and bought a copy of it, so they knew that the developer was getting some money for it, but were more comfortable watching the game through me because, you know, there's a big difference when you watch a horror film uh, where if you close your eyes and you're scared, the movie keeps going. <laughs> yeah. But in the in the game, you know, you've got to get around the enemies. You have to find the key, and, and it's a real it's a real key difference in between horror True. and other mediums and horror and games that, that I think is really interesting as we start to see, you know, some of these people gather around these streamers like PewDiePie and, and some other characters that, that, you know, are, are known for playing horror games and people spend a lot of their time watching them. True. Well, we didn't think about, well, we, in our, in our case, we, the, the, the goal was just to make the scariest game ever, uh, <laughs> without really thinking that, uh, could affect the sales. I, I mean, I don't think it will affect the sales that much, but uh, it's definitely something like uh, people like because uh, even I was at the as a panel at uh, PAX uh, Prime, and there was a guy that like I, I love horror games and like I wish I could play them, but I cannot. I'm too I'm too chicken. Like, is there a trick? Is there something you guys can tell me so I can uh, play those games? And I had no answer for the guy except that, like, just crank up the volume and, like, turn on uh, all the lights and you might enjoy it a little bit. But there's no way I can explain you how to play our games uh, without shitting in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I, you know, I tell people maybe to have a, you know, if you have, like, a drink or two, but not too many. If you have too many drinks, then you're not going to be able to play the game. But one or two drinks maybe can sometimes kind of, like, calm your nerves a little bit and... And allow you to get a little bit further than you might otherwise. Yes. Um, 
So I, I'm curious, uh, is, is horror, you know, you said you play a lot of horror games, but is horror something that you have followed as a genre in like books and movies for, for a long, long time, even, even before getting into games? Uh, can you repeat that? Oh, is, is, is horror a genre that you were following before you even started playing games? Like, are you, are you a big fan of horror films and, and horror literature? Yeah, me, uh, well, it's definitely, uh, I was, uh, since I'm 12, I would say, like, I was playing, uh, I was watching horror movies. Actually, I've got a huge collection of horror movies at home, like, uh, almost, like, more than a 500 or DVD uh, movie. Uh, and I've got pretty much all the horror games, like, all the Fatal Frames or Resident Evil, Silent Hill, uh, Call of Duty, uh, name it, like, I'm... I'm just too, like some, some people in the company are considering me like a freak because uh, I just love like intense feeling and awkward things. And I think it's, it's a really, it's a kind of a pretty interesting art. Uh, and I don't know, I, I used to, to love getting scared when I was young and my mom and dad like played uh, some uh, some uh, some games in the dark in the, in the house like they were closing all the lights and like except their bedrooms and i had to we had to leave that bedroom and like go in the house just for fun and they were crawling in some corner and then barking at, at, at us and you know, for me it was like fun and scary always oh, fits so since then like uh, our movies uh, I, I i'm watching pretty much everything that comes out have, have you have you thought about because I, I think about this as someone that plays a lot of horror games and watched a lot of horror movies is you know for you know for you you know what is it that you like about being scared because it, it's certainly not something for everyone but the people that do like it you know kind of get addicted to it well I think it's it's the adrenaline um, it's it's the feeling inside your 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 bone your I don't, I don't know I, it's something you I would say we might, it's maybe because we feel more alive because we it's it's like when you uh you, you go work out and 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 the day uh like the day after you're kind of uh sore is that it mhm and I, I like that feeling because I really feel like, oh, I've got muscle, I've got bones, and then, okay, I'm really living. And when I'm watching horror movies, I feel like, oh, my body reacts to something. So it means that it has an impact. Uh, and it's not like just uh, watching, uh, I don't know, bullet and explosions, like, oh, okay, it's, it's cool. It's mostly okay, my body react to to the art, which is, uh, which I don't, I didn't see any other type of game that offers that. And that might be, in my way, that might be something, uh, and also, I, I don't know, something disgusting. I'm, it's, it's, and maybe that's that's why they call me crazy a little bit sometimes. Uh, there's not much of a like big explanation apart that like, loving uh, all those intense uh, feeling. It's just fun. Was there a particular uh, movie that was sort of like a? defining horror film for you when you were younger that you oh, still yeah. think about uh, yes and i'll already talk about it in the uh i, I talk about it. it's the uh the first evil dead uh from sam raimi with mm -hmm. uh, bruce campbell that movie is my best movie ever uh 
from far away. Then like it can goes to The Grudge, which is called The Ring sometimes. Uh, the, the movie The Rings is good mm-hmm. as well. But Evil Dead is the one that I, I spent so much time. I was doing drawing at that when I was young. Uh, Evil Dead 1 and 2. And I wish I could meet like a Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi one day. Because I'm, I'm just talking about them the more that I can because they really changed my my life. It's just so that, that movie is just so so well done. What, what what is it about that movie that has caused it to stick for you more more than other horror films or just movies in general? Well, I think it's the way they they made it. They they made it so everything that you're afraid of is there. Like you know, small shack in a wood, woods, uh, crack. Uh, there are also like the basement, uh, which is pretty dark. Uh, being like isolated from the from the world. There's also, uh, you know, there's always like those classical thing. Uh, the scare, the scare jumps are well done. It's at the time, uh, it it was so disgusting. So you, there was no not much movie that like offered all the the gruesome events uh, inside a movie, and. I don't know, we, we could feel it was made by somebody that really was passionate about it. Uh, it was not like a big triple, like a, a big Hollywood movie, but mostly a Serie B movie. And most of the time, uh, I'm watching those movies because they are really made from people that uh, love doing it and they are not looking for money. Uh, and I can sense that. Uh, but yeah, like the, the idea, like the... the the ritual of, of the the tape, and then uh, everyone turns uh, after each other. So it was some some kind of zombies, but also demons, and I don't know. There was there was they had, there was everything in that movie that uh, that I, I couldn't find in all the other movies like put back together. So it was just a full complete movie, well done, and like the way it was filmed, his filming techniques was. Was just great. Like when he sometimes like he was holding the shotgun, there was the camera at the top of the shotgun that shows. So it was like yeah, everything. He made a he made um, the horror industry uh, in a good way. Like because and you can see like a bunch of movies like uh, referring to him the same uh, as well. You know, I I couldn't help but when I was playing out last, the, the the movie that it reminded me of immediately was the the wreck movies. Have you seen those? Oh yes, so, like uh, one and two quarantine, uh, Cloverfield. Yeah, so I, you know, as soon as soon as I, had, you know, played the game at PAX one time, and then getting a chance to sit down with the final version, like, you know, the, I think the wreck movies are some of the the scariest uh, films, you know, found footage or not, uh, True. of of the last ten years, and I think it's because they make such effective use of, uh you know, sort of playing upon what it what it is like to hold a camera, and if you can remember back when the night vision was just a little green, uh, you know, pop up on the screen like like it is in in Outlast, and um, it seems like you guys definitely drew on a lot of the the tropes of those those found footage films. Oh yes, uh, definitely. It's, it was. Uh, I don't know. We we had. We we know that like every everyone like likes to to film the thing like they everybody everyone has a an iPhone and they can record and we see a bunch of player and and people putting their 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 film on, on YouTube so the, the camera the night vision 
recording. It was really something that uh, we had to push forward and make sure that it's as realistic as possible uh, to to be immersed. Uh, and in REC, the like, actually, I cannot spoil anything, but uh, we're thinking about like some idea from from REC, maybe for some next title. Uh, but yeah, like, camcorder. I'm just I'm just pitching uh, stuff, but no, it's it's really interesting and. Uh, the rec movie definitely inspire us in that way. So, so you know, to to kind of wrap up, do you do you think that you know Red Barrels is going to be the kind of company that kind of sticks with horror going forward, or can you guys can you see you guys branching out in, into other places in the future? Uh, we we are discussing uh, these days about that, uh, but for sure, like people, uh, everybody. Everyone, everybody that plays all last one, like they want all last two, so uh, might be something that we have to to take in consideration. Uh, at the same time, like uh, we know that like there's a lot of players uh, cracking the game, so we're losing sales at some point, uh, and so if we don't have enough money, they might we might also try to adjust on what's going to be the next title. Uh, but uh, like personally. Me, I, I would be willing to to do horror games like uh, for 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 all my life. <laughs> so and people like we're good at that. So, but uh, we know also that we want to grow up, like have uh, maybe another team, uh, so we can like uh, switch from uh, like to have variety and different ideas and and so we might do something similar or like probably with. Uh, like a cluster for something, so maybe having two teams. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much what I I can say for now because we didn't take any decision and uh, we don't want to spoil also uh, what what's going to be the, the next big thing for us. <laughs> All right. Well, if if I if I have my way as well, then then you guys will continue to make horror games for the rest of your lives as well, because uh, that is that is all I want to play too. So uh, so I, I hope that works out well for you guys. All right. I thanks. <laughs> All right, thanks, David. I really appreciate your time. All right. Same All right, here. Take care. Ciao.